0: a wrestling talk from the four corners of parts unknown this is that wrestling podcast welcome back to that wrestling podcast i am jason Marchuka, and i am the pecker head of the week this week uh i was supposed to do promo mania on man buns unfortunately i ran out of time so uh promo mania will come next week and i am the pecker head of this week uh last week's ph uh brian is here kevin's here Joe's here, and let's – well, you know what? Before we get to what are you wearing, I got to talk about the newest shirt on our Whatamaneuver.net store. Uh, We've talked about Brews Next, um, the team of pro wrestling and beer. Uh, Our first episode is up on our YouTube channel. Just search that wrestling podcast. Well, if you go to Whatamaneuver.net – Search that Wrestling Podcast. You will see that the Bruise Next logo tee is up and available for purchase in hoodies, shirts, uh, Kevin's favorite, the tank tops for men, women, kids, and even babies. And enough to talk about our shirts that we sell. Let's talk about the shirts <laughs> that we buy. That we save. Let's, Good let's save. Talk let's talk about what you we
1: are all wearing. Let's talk about what we're wearing.
2: <laughs> what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing today? Today? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing, are you wearing today?
0: That's right. If you are listening to this podcast, ninety-six point three chance uh, percent chance you are wearing a pro wrestling t-shirt. They're mandatory and are the dress code for that wrestling podcast. And I have the. Uh, rick flair space mountain oh. pro wrestling crate shirt it wasn't exclusive from last year i believe uh so you cannot buy this one uh, but if you want uh you can send a dm if you're
2: really wanting it uh, i i can part with it if uh the right price kevin what do you have what are you wearing uh something i'm jealous of that shirt that shirt is awesome um Woo! I, I know we're going to get into the, the releases, the, the new updated releases uh, in a little bit. So I wore the other Alistair Black uh, t-shirt a couple weeks ago, right about the point where I was like, where's he been? I mentioned like a big uh, milk carton of where, where are you? And then the big started, you know, of uh, 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 kind of creepyish, right? And then with his announcement that he's leaving, I wanted to wear my other one by the half of it by, you can see on the screen kind of looks like a birthday cake with some candles, but then when you actually <laughs> get the whole shirt, it's like voo or it's like uh very witchcrafty. It's a, it's a uh, birthday I'm, cake for the devil. No, it is. It's like a, a hand. It has all types of weird shit in it. It, it must like
3: be a devil's devil. food cake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I did post on my, uh, uh, on my show twitter uh account me my buddy uh we went to an nxt event uh and i and i wore this shirt so was that it, fucking alan no it's not fucking alan it, it was it was my buddy right
3: back in back <laughs> maybe, in-
0: maybe, if as much as we mentioned that guy maybe he'll be the next t-shirt
3: uh brian what are you wearing <laughs> this week well, it was a big week for AEW with the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, so I went with one of my two AEW shirts that I own the the Brody Lee Exalted in Heaven. And
1: Joe, bring us on. Uh, I'm going with the WWE retro shirt in honor of NBA Slam. It's the WWE Slam for tag teams, and I chose Edge and Christian, so it has the uh, all the all their rankings and they are at the top of the rankings in awesomeness.
0: Nice. Yeah. Those are, uh, those are great and, shirts. And,
1: and Gazoo plane. They're like neck and neck.
0: Uh, oh, good. I, I have one of those, but it's um, Bobby, the brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. So that's nice. uh you can pick those up at homage.com. Well, uh, Kevin had brought it up, uh, you know, or, you know, this week has been, I don't want to say slow news wise, but yesterday, WWE did it again, third month in a row. Um, They released some talent, and I did some research between talent and uh, Mm -hmm. office and corporate people. They have let go of 70 people since WrestleMania, which is crazy to think. Now, everybody that uh, read this report about these people getting let go um, apparently went to business school in like 10 minutes because everybody started talking about Mm -hmm. how the WWE is for sale. And this was all a budgetary cut and all that bullshit. Well, we don't know if WWE's for sale, and uh, we're not going to speculate on that. But we are going to talk about facts. And Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Ruby Riot, Santana Garrett, Buddy Murphy, and Lana were all released yesterday. Now, uh, Aleister Black went to Twitch uh, yesterday, or uh, Wednesday, I mean, and he had said that this was a budget cut for him. Uh, Of course, Aleister Black, the Dark Father figure uh, storyline, just started back on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, Um, and obviously now that's ended. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you about these releases. Um, What did you think about you know the group? And then you know we'll move on to to uh, to to Joe. Uh, What'd you think, man? What's what's going on? What is your
3: my I'm I'm talking way too much. Go ahead. What do you think? I have lots of things to think about. <laughs> uh, the, the group itself, uh, a lot of talent. Uh, the only one that I'd say uh, really don't know much about, Santana Garrett. I feel like I saw her maybe once or twice on NXT, so not really sure about her. Uh, everybody else, though, I feel are really talented performers. The absolute shocker is Braun Strowman. I mean, you talk about a homegrown wwe guy that they took vince always likes the the larger than life the monster which he is the monster among men he was just in a title match in the last pay-per-view that one is the absolute biggest shocker to me um and, and the rest of the guys again all really talented we'll talk about thoughts of where they may end up um but he he was the name that I'm still just absolutely shocked about. He seems as homegrown WWE as you can get. And Joe, what do you think about all this?
1: Uh, I think I was shocked about Strowman too. Aleister Black, I was shocked about as well because a few weeks back on the show, I said, I hope these uh, dark father vignettes weren't going to turn out to be Sean O'Hara's. I'm not telling you something you don't already know. John Mm O'Hara had a better run because he at least had a match after his (laughs) uh, vignette started. But I'm going to. This is kind of shocking. I'm not upset about it for the simple fact that I like the fact that they got released. If they didn't have anything for them, then release them and give them a chance to do something else somewhere else. Because every single one of them, Lana included, have talent and can make it somewhere else. The wrestling scene is getting big again, and it's WWE's not the only playground. Does it mean they all go to AEW? I hope not. But there's there's New Japan, there's a Ring of Honor, there's Impact, there's so many other uh, places that they can go do their do their thing. And Strowman was a shock because he was just in the main event and he wrestled a main event caliber talent and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania.
3: Right, right.
1: But they they also said too, they didn't have anything for him and they were paying him seven figures. So if you don't have anything for him and he's just sitting in catering, wasting their time, and they're about to go on the road, those costs come into play, let them go. And I wish them – I actually – not to steal a line, but I wish them all the best on their future endeavors. Kevin?
2: Yeah, I uh, – you guys hit it all kind of on the the button, I would say. I I enjoyed Braun. I was bored with him. And just like what, last week or the week before, I said like his – Triple threat match was actually really good with Bobby and Drew. It's like I didn't become like a mega fan of Braun again, but I was kind of like, you know, flipping the 180 of actually getting interested in watching him, you know, do his craft. I think uh Alistair, I feel that as much excited I was to get uh pumped up for his return, it was probably just gonna be a letdown because everything that he's done after nxt has just been totally a letdown i didn't really watch anything of his he used to be tommy end right In the yeah movies. i need to really look into that because you do. because uh i i really really enjoyed his nxt stuff killer music by the way from incendiary yeah. like i mean so good like up to the level of you know CM Punk's Kill Switch song. It's just one of those songs that just gets you so pumped up. Ruby Riot, I feel like is another one that that I think was so good in NXT. And her and Liv Morgan, that's the thing. Liv is still there. Ruby's gone. And I would imagine Ruby was more talented in the ring. Just Liv is attractive. That's the biggest thing. But we that-
0: all know why Liv Morgan is still there.
2: Vince yeah. sees
0: her as a hot piece of ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something with that. But, Sex always sells.
2: But Joe mentioned Lana. Chicks improved a year ago. Or so much, or so ago? much. Yeah, never wanted to see her. And, and I'll and I'll kick off this roundtable. Lana definitely is going to go to AEW, right? It, it it only makes sense. I think Braun, the smartest move for him, go to Impact. Be the be the king of the mountain there, and put and make that more legitimate, I think he would get lost in impact or uh, lost in AEW a little bit just with so many people. Uh, and, and I know they have the cross promotion, but and Buddy Murphy is another guy that has really stepped up his game actually in the last year and a half. Every storyline he's ever been in, he's excelled at. It's just one of those things where, where it's tough. I think he'll, he'll have a good career too, wherever he goes. So um,
0: the best thing about Braun Strowman – was the work he did with Alexa Bliss and the Mixed Match Challenge. Any time he worked with somebody smaller than him, it wasn't any good. Yeah, the Shane McMahon match at Mania was good, but that's it. If it's Drew, if it's Bobby, it's good. If it's someone smaller, it doesn't work. Now, Braun um, had said maybe last year that he will never work anywhere other than WWE. So his career might be done. I could see him going into acting of course he'd be typecast but he doesn't it doesn't matter to me that he's gone um ruby riot is the one that i think will flourish the most being elsewhere i like alistair black of course he's one of my favorites um maybe he ends up in japan he has a very strong style and then um buddy murphy is uh Buddy Murphy's going to be a mid card champion wherever he goes. Uh, he he has a lot of that Kenny Omega flair, I feel. And mm-hmm. Lana, yes, her husband works for AEW, but it's not a guarantee that she's going to go there. Lana is a star. She can go to Hollywood. She can be in movies. She can be in TV. She was in the first Pitch Perfect movie. Like she can do other things if she doesn't want to do wrestling. And then um, I don't know, like this whole thing. Um, Brian, you know where do you think some of these people are going to end up, if anywhere?
3: Yeah, I mean, certainly, yeah, Lana AEW, it makes sense. So, but like to your point, Jay, yeah, she could just do the Hollywood route if she wants to continue wrestling. Um, I think AEW is the place for her, and I do think that release I could understand a little bit. I just feel like Lana did so much from everything with Rusev, and they gave her so many chances. And I just feel like. That's probably it. Like, I don't think she's gonna get much better. It's been a, long enough, so I could kind of see that one happening. Well, um, she got punished. It. She got punished for Rusev leaving,
0: and that punishment was taking ten the weeks tables. of table shots. Yeah,
3: yeah, and that's you know that's the business. It's not fun, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, I put this out on our Facebook, and um, uh, Brad Tillery said Braun should go to Japan. Uh, Japan loves their monsters, especially, you know, you think about um, Godzilla. Lance Archer yes. over that <laughs> Godzilla, of course. King right? Mothra. Lan- Mothra's no.
0: big there.
3: Yeah. Me- no. Mecha Godzilla. Lance Lance Archer was big. Um, uh God, what was his name? Uh, you know, Matt Bloom, Lord Tenzai when he was Lord over Tenzi. there, right? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're throwing him out. I to give him it. it's like, so I could definitely see him being a big star over there. And again, the Hollywood route, though, for sure. Um, I, I think, yeah, big things for Alistair. I think Murphy's bound for either Impact or AEW. He's another guy, like, you think about – he was so good. Like one of the reasons to watch like two Oh five live, like with him and Ali were like cruiserweight and, and his partnership with Seth was great. So he's going to do some great things as well. Ruby, right. Same with you guys. I think, yeah, she can go wherever she wants and she'll do well. It's a really good group. The one person I'm just, again, I, I can't say I'm going to miss you because I didn't even know you was that Santana carrot. Um, but it's, it's a, well, it's still, still a shock though
0: santana garrett did a lot of stuff in impact she did some stuff with ring of honor she was in uh wow the women's of wrestling that was kind of like it was created by the people that created the original glow so it it will be interesting to see where a lot of these people end up and finally um you know last week we talked about the alleged release of tom phillips and for this last week there was nothing from wwe that (laughs) wished them well in their future endeavors but brian um, you know, fan Tom Phillips, <laughs> fanboy number one on Twitter, found out that yep. uh, Tom Phillips, uh, there's an update. And if you want to fill us in on that, Brian, go right ahead.
3: Yeah, Joe, Joe had the tweet of the day where, where uh, well, you are on Twitter, Jay, <laughs> saying, like, why haven't they announced it? Where's the well wishes? And Joe had because the cons- they don't wish him well that, wishes, they yeah. don't care. <laughs> Joe had the conspiracy gif of like all the maps on the wall, and like it doesn't make sense. No, that
1: was a live look in uh Jason's uh basement, yeah. Well, he We're doesn't have to, a basement in his office,
3: yes, in the library. Um, so yes, uh, they uh, Tom, his actual last name is Hannafin, so we'll have to get used oh. to that. He was on the, the Richard Deitch sports media podcast. It was released on Thursday morning. And so this isn't exactly a podcast where it was a whole lot of behind the curtain about his WWE experience. I mean, it was, but it was almost a job interview. Um, They talked about like how he got started in broadcasting. They did talk about, you know, some things of like, um, what did he feel he was overproduced? You always hear about Vince and whoever in his ear. He said he really didn't feel that way, you know, just kind of took what those experiences were and then tried to like almost beat them to the punch when it came to his broadcasting. Um, he did. He was asked by Richard if he was surprised that Adnan Virk replaced him. He said, yes, absolutely. But then when he found out it was Adnan Verk, he goes, I've been watching him on Center and college football halftime shows. He's like, so I get it. I get it. Um, favorite moment was Kofi Mania, which I love. That was one of my favorite moments with him uh, as a broadcaster. And will he do more wrestling? It doesn't sound like at least that's his immediate plan. Um, he made it clear that he wants to go into traditional sports broadcasting. His uh, biggest thing uh, that he's interested in is college football. You mentioned how him and Big E are huge college football fans. Uh, Big E, of course, played at Iowa, and Tom is a Penn Stater, so they got that little bad blood going on when when they play each other, which is fun. Um, And he's optimistic. You know, they talked about how maybe, let's say, a decade or two ago, a wrestling announcer trying to get into the real, quote-unquote, sports world may not have gone well, but there's been, I think, a big shift in that. And you mentioned, like, Charlie Caruso, Who's on ESPN? Renee Paquette, right? Now she's doing her podcast and certainly can do any sort of broadcasting she wishes. Jonathan Coachman was on ESPN for a long time. So that's really the next thing. Um, so they didn't really talk about a whole lot of, you know, inside info on why he got released or bad feelings, anything like that. He was very thankful, which he continued on on Twitter uh, or later on Thursday, thanking Vince and Triple H and everybody. Um, but that's what's up. So we'll see. Maybe maybe pops up down the road someday. But he's he he was generally interested in. Oh boy, I hope I can call up Montana versus Appalachian State game uh, on ESPN eight. You know. So, so we'll see. So, so Kevin, uh,
0: if well, I guess it would be, do you think, and what do you think would happen for Tom Phillips to show up on AEW?
2: What it would take, uh, he has a talent. That's, that's the thing, right? Rampage just came out. Mark Henry's going to be on it. You know, he does his podcast with Dave uh, LaGreca one day a week on, on Fridays, right? Uh, I think they could get Phillips on there, and that could be a good tandem uh, for that Rampage show.
0: We still don't know if it's going to be live or taped. So I mean yeah. if he's a if he's trying to do real sports, potentially, you know, if he's out of 2-day travel for AEW, it definitely might work out. I think if they're going to do well, I don't even have to say, everybody here knows what I want and where I want him to be in between Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. That's JR like you're, you're getting
3: two letters out of <laughs> two letters are leaving the AEW booth. J and R.
0: Yeah. So um it will be interesting to see what happens, and uh, as we always do, Joe, you checked out last week's Dark Side of the Ring. It was called Becoming the Warrior. Let's get into that a little bit, because I did not watch it. Uh, tell me, tell us about it.
1: Okay, um, it was a little bit more, it was more negative than the any one, but it wasn't quite self-destruction. So, they were a lot nicer to him than self destruction was. So, the king of the ultimate hit jobs for Ultimate Warrior is still the self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Cause that was what 60 minutes of this guy was terrible. Let's celebrate him. This yeah. one, um, I'm going to keep it short. If your name was Jim, you still can't stand him. Jim Ross and Jim Cornette just basically they were the two most <laughs> negative people on the, in the entire hour. So Jim Ross, Jim Cornette could not stand Jim Hellwig. So <laughs> something about the Jims. I don't know what was going on. And so then meanwhile rising-
3: meanwhile, jumping Jim Brunzel was, was there like, to be exactly. on that
1: show. I'll say nice things about him. <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly, um- surprisingly, here are two things I did not that shocked me that was not mentioned because it's dark side of the ring. No mention of steroids.
3: Wow! Yeah, wasn't even somewhere. in there.
1: And another one of the documentaries that did not talk about his WCW run. Even Eric Bischoff was on there, and they basically ended it with 96. And then they went to the Hall of Fame. WCW and, and, did not exist. And
0: I think I read his first wife was on this one, right? Yes. But not the second wife, the one that was not on WCW.
1: No, not the because she's end.
0: on because she's on WWE's payroll. That's why.
1: Right, right. Um, so it wasn't bad. It's just I th- I mentioned it last week off the air of this guy has way too many documentaries for his little time he spent in the business. Yeah, I so hope it, this is the last one.
3: Did you learn anything new then, Joe, or no? Pretty much no. a rehash of what you've we've already. Known. Well, okay. I,
1: I I learned that uh, Jim Ross and Jim Cornette can't. Can hold a grudge till right. their dying days.
0: And um, Brian, you watched the McFoley documentary on A and watched it as well. But what did you think?
3: I did. I'll go admit, I went in with a little bit of a pessimistic attitude to it, just because you know Foley's had his books and, and he's had specials about Hell in the Cell, and I'm like, how much newer are we really gonna get? And much like the Warrior one, where the beginning was about his upbringing and they showed a lot of the footage in addition to the one that you always see of dude love jumping off the house roof they showed a lot more of that so that was cool um i liked seeing some behind the scenes of the the legendary ecw kane dewey promo that was pretty cool so there's always some cool things about there um but again yeah nothing really groundbreaking nothing i i didn't Quite know, um, other than maybe the little bit of uh, the health issues he was having in the not you know not too far past. Um, but it's enjoyable. Mick is is such a, a a lovable guy, and you have so much respect for all he did for the business. Um, you know, he's one of my personal favorites. So it's an enjoyable one, but nothing that I feel like you absolutely must see.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, nothing really too overwhelming. Yeah, uh, beyond, between. The books and the document beyond the mat you know they they did a lot of that coverage you know the same stuff they did when his kids were little so i did enjoy the like after the promo okay Mick, you good you got that you want to do it again like those types like you know they did it with the warrior on uh E. yeah so, like those are good that that was that was uh very cool so uh brett hart this week on a and e and i don't even know who the dark side is that aired last night anybody
2: jake the snake I think. oh
0: yeah that oh. was uh, yeah. Uh, like yeah. In the
3: shadow of grizzly i believe right his dad okay i think mm-hmm. that's how it, that was called yeah well that's a pass for me
0: uh i have no interest in jake the snake roberts and uh the bret hart one i, I don't really foresee being anything different you know so uh, double or nothing was this past weekend now uh out of the four of us, I'm the only one that watched it live, and I got to say it was Jesus a near Christ. perfect
3: problem, Brian, with my. I critique? keep hitting my no. You're. I keep hitting my stupid headphone cord. Sick of this. Sorry. Yeah. Um,
0: an almost perfect pay-per-view event from the uh, opening match on the pre the buy-in. Serena Deeb and Rio. Like the crowd was so hot, even. If from, from beginning to end so um, you know it was such a great match just for the pre-show and then when the pay-per-view started like I said the crowd was hot all night there was only one like not necessarily trying to take over but kind of like a boring chant it was during the one match that did not make the pay-per-view perfect it was the Cody Rhodes and, and Anthony Agogo match now the announcers kept hyping up it's only a third match well like what the fuck? Like, I don't understand why you do that. Yeah. You can say it from time to time. Now. Um, I really feel like if they wanted it to, to mean something more or to have more attention, you know, more to it, they should have just made it a flag match. That way nobody takes a pin, you know, it, it, it's, but it, it was not a good, was not a good match. You know, I saw someone mentioned earlier, I think it was Kevin, about Mark Henry coming to AEW. Now. Um, you know, he does bust it open. I personally do not listen the days he's on because it sounds like he has a mouthful of marbles. Not that I am the most eloquent speaker in the world and especially not today, but I can't watch Mark or listen to Mark Henry on the radio. So he's going to be one of the people on rampage. And of course he's going to be a coach there as well. Now that is where he is a huge asset. Um, You know, whether it's Tom Phillips or Excalibur or Taz or Kevin Cox in the chair next to Mark Henry, who knows? Uh, But I don't think it's a huge ordeal for the paper or for the uh, for the uh, commentary. Now, Kevin, we have to ask last week, you said if Britt Baker wins the title, you're going to buy a Britt Baker shirt. Did you buy a Britt Baker T-shirt?
2: Not yet. Not yet.
0: Ah, boo! Wrong answer. Boo, this
2: man. Not yet, but I am going to buy a Britt Baker T-shirt. Are you waiting for the uh, next sale? I, I probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: going to be Fourth of July. I was going to say there's a Fourth of July sale coming
2: (laughs) about a month from now. Yes. You have one of those twenty percent off ProWrestlingTees.com.
0: So yeah, great match. I think everybody figured she was going to win, and Joe, uh, you. You predicted Britt Baker was going to win,
1: so. Well, yeah, everyone predicted Britt Baker was going to win, but I uh, watched uh, some highlights of it uh, online. I did not watch it live, but I was extremely happy, and man, did he look like a champion! With Kenny Omega wearing all the gold in his entrance, he didn't have anyone carrying it. He had so much gold around him; it was uh, it, it basically made it feel like a big match feel well, you know, the championship should always be a big match field, but it wasn't the main event, but he made it look like the main event coming out with all the gold around him. So a couple weeks back, I said, it really ticked me off that he was only holding one championship while uh, his cronies were holding the rest. This time he proved to be a champion. And I was very happy about that. And Moxley's wild thing entrance. Come on.
0: It is so good. That was the it next thing so I wanted to talk about. <sighs> it's,
3: <sighs> i got something to say i got wild something to say
0: entrance i've got something
3: to say wild thing took me entrance back to major league is come on greater than the judas entrance that's right that's that is- okay i'll tell you what i have no problem with wild thing but i will say his original aew theme is one of the few original themes that i actually really liked i really i didn't see the need to switch it and so i'm not i'm not feeling wild thing like you guys are oh
0: i watching it and then you know all the clips came out online i fucking love it man i I turned the tv up all the way because it was just it was so so cool Um, i will
3: say though the jungle boy how, yeah. how they've done that? The oh whoa whoa like that's yeah. that's fun. That's but, crowd participation. That's better than whatever they were using before.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They just had a, an original composition. So uh, uh, the Miro Archer match w- was was hard hitting, but and it was a great match. But what the the thing that got me to like yell at my TV in like the best possible way. Jake, the, so they did it like at the fan fest the day before during the weigh-ins or whatever. bullshit. Miro attacked Jake. The snake <laughs> so Jake didn't come out in the beginning, but then he came out in the middle with a, a snake in the bag. And uh, J- Miro took him out, grabbed the bag, shook it, flung it around like a helicopter, and then threw it down the entrance ramp. I Doubt it was a real snake, but holy shit, I laughed laugh my ass. Like, that is the greatest thing I have ever seen. It was like, thank you, Miro. Hashtag thank you, Miro. And, of course, Stadium Stampede. Uh, I felt it was better than last year's. A um, lot more storytelling. A lot more. Um, they used more of the stadium. And there was an Urban Meyer cameo. <laughs> um, you know, that's yeah, cool.
3: That was fun. Uh,
0: did anybody see Stadium Snippy because it was up on YouTube right after the paper? I only
2: saw clips, but the, clips, uh, one yeah. of the clips I saw was yeah, when Urban Meyer shoveled past that, that <laughs> ball to Jericho, Jericho punted or uh, uh, he, uh spiked. Oh, he spiked. Oh, spiked, yeah, then, on that uh, on, on MJF. Jericho taking that laptop and then hitting MJF with it too. I was uh, uh. It was pretty good. It was pretty damn good.
0: So a lot of that was uh cinematic. And then the end what you know, Sammy and Spears making their way out to the ring. And it was, I think, just a great story that you know Sammy was the one to get the win after he was the one that surrendered. But uh somebody a friend of friend of mine was telling he asked me, What do you do next? I have no idea what happens with the inner circle, I don't know what happens to the pinnacle. Um, you know, uh, uh, A W Dynamite is on tonight, Friday, if you're listening to this, uh, because of the NBA. Any thoughts on what happens with the Inner Circle, Pinnacle, anybody else? Kevin?
2: I I predicted Pinnacle would win, so, so Inner Circle would have to break up. I, I still think that maybe the Inner Circle Inner Circle goes out on top and they disband. I, I don't want them to. I just feel they all have such incredible talent. They, they're good together, but I feel like Sammy could flourish without it. I think Jericho is going to be Jericho, whatever the hell he does. I, I still think that that group's going to dissolve by, uh, by middle end of the summer. Well, the big, the big thing is, you know, Fozzie's about to go on
0: tour. Yeah. So, but Jericho was asked about, and he goes, I will be here as much as possible. And, uh,
3: Brian, do you have any thoughts on what happens with the inner circle? I I do. Yeah, I I don't have what is next, but I'm going to say what not is next is I think this feud is over. I think AEW has done a great job from the get-go of not prolonging feuds. Like, I can think about us going to Revolution last year, and it was that huge buildup since really from day one of Cody and MJF. And how MJF was his friend, and he finally turned. This was the, the the first match, the first time they finally got to go head-to-head. Did they have a rematch? No. It was over. MJF won, and they went and did their own thing. And you want to contrast that to WWE Raw, where for the third pay-per-view in a row, we're getting Drew And Bobby, you know, of course, Braun was in on the last one. Right. But I think that's what AEW does really well. They don't really prolong these things, even just to have a rematch with, um, you know, they they had the uh, blood and guts and now Stadium Stampede. I think that's kind of rare for AEW. I think they're both going to be moving on and we'll see what's next. I have no idea, but I don't think they're going to continue this head to head feud. Joe, you want to jump in here real quick before we move on?
1: Uh, I just, here's what I'm hoping. Everyone's expecting Sammy to be the next big star. He's proved himself that he can be. I am hoping for Santana and Ortiz to get the tag team championships. Like that? Yeah. Like those two, definitely, they're one of the best tag teams out there. They, they're they in a group. They need <laughs> to be a tag team again.
0: Yeah, I mean, from the, <laughs> the crowd reaction at Double or Nothing, I think this is the beginning of Hangman's ascent to the title man he took one step out of there the place went ape shit. so uh I, I think hangman sammy and uh, you know and like I, you said ortiz and uh santana ortiz all big things come in and don't just be curious to see you know and i think the wild card is jericho i really feel like he is the wild card so uh monday night raw now i did not watch it i right, let me phrase that I watched the beginning because I wanted to hear how Jimmy Smith sounded. I felt he sounded like he belonged. He didn't sound out of place. He didn't sound like he was trying too hard. Uh, you know, Graves handled a bulk of the intro, but I think Jimmy Smith did okay. I know last week we talked about the revolving door of announcers on the, on, the, on Raw. Anybody, I Did anybody,
3: I don't, like I said, I didn't watch,
0: I watched the beginning and then I was out.
3: Brian, you got anything on Raw? I I really saw just the last half an hour, Memorial Day Monday, you know, kind of took over. So, um, but I will say, yeah, same as uh, what you said, Jay, I'm going to echo that. Jimmy Smith did not sound out of place. He his I thought his dialogue was all pretty effective in narrating what the story was going on. The only thing I caught was in that main event, which was a great match of Drew and Kofi, three times, whatever happened, he said, oh my God. So three times in one match, did he do it the rest of the show beforehand? I don't know, but good first start. It definitely does not have the red flags that I had for I Adnan's debut the day after Mania.
0: Did you? either of you other guys watch Raw?
1: I did. I, and, uh, I watched it. Nothing. I mean, he did fine. It was, uh, the only thing that he stepped on, it was at the very beginning. It could have been nerves. He said, was you, mean like Mor- you, you mean like, when, st- you
0: mean like how you just stepped over Kevin? Uh, yeah, exactly. Go, so go? I'm still, I'm still going to continue. Uh, when uh, Joe has
1: nerves said, too, Yeah. he said, uh, when Morrison was wearing the stupid garlic, uh, necklace. He said, how can you listen to Miz? He's wearing a garlic necklace. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's. I'll let that one go. It's been the first 10 minutes. And he didn't make another mistake except for what Brian just said. Kevin?
2: Uh, yeah, just to run down a little bit of the show, Ms. TV went way too long. Shayna versus Reginald. Absolutely horrendous that Shayna lost the whole, her showing up in Alexa Bliss's playground, very confusing and weird. Kofi and drew a match was actually pretty good to, to close. It really It was actually really good. Both of them brought it. Uh, but yeah. Jimmy Smith. He just, he's, he sounded great. And if that was his debut and he's only going to grow from there, that's great. He has a lot of personality, which, which is needed. So I think uh, raw was blah overall. Like it, it, I'm just looking for a step above blah. I don't know what that is, but it's the three hours, man. It's a chore because when I I usually flip through my phone a little bit and 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 have to go through my work phone, I find myself not paying majority attention to raw. I'd probably say for the last few months, I'm more more looking uh, at, at random stuff on Amazon that I can buy at times.
3: Brian, so there, there's a guy. Um, he's a a guy on Twitter, uh, David Bixenspan, and he's a he's a writer. He used to write for Deadspin on wrestling. Um, he contributes to Dark Side of the Ring as a researcher. He's and a he hack. Put, he put oh oh my well well this this was not him though, but what he shared, which which made me laugh, was there's a wrestling podcast out there called Going in Raw. That, Steve, that, that's that's Brian and Steve. Yeah. Okay not me another Brian you know okay well in any event (laughs) they they announced on their going in raw podcast that they are no longer (laughs) doing the post raw podcast every week because it's three hours it's such a slog it's not so great to do so it's like wow even the going in raw podcast doesn't (laughs) want to talk about raw what does that tell you
0: Yeah, it was not good.
3: (laughs) Not good. NXT Tuesday.
0: um, You know, I watched some of it. Uh, I was excited to see Jake Atlas get that W, even though I love LA Knight, but I think it's cool. LA Knight and DiBiase still going to be the, yes, Jake's my guy. Um, uh, The triple threat match, Adam Cole return. Come on. I think we all saw that coming. But again, I don't see any of those four being believable to beat Karrion Cross. Maybe they team up, you know, maybe Cole and O'Reilly put their differences aside and, you know, team up. But um, NXT, I don't really remember much. So I guess that is, uh, I don't know if that's on me or if the show was that good. Brian, I know you watch NXT. Anything quick before we move
3: on? Um, well, I mean, I think just to speak on that main event part, um, having Adam Cole inserted and be having this fatal five way match that answers the question to us of who can beat cross and who would be the winner that we felt is ready for cross. <laughs> and it's like, nobody. So yes, let's throw <laughs> all these guys in. It's like, okay, now, now we're on to something. Cause you're right. I had no, no qualms that any of these guys was going to step up. Uh, but good to have Cole back Cole mm-hmm. and cross by the way, they had a great face-to-face promo. That's well worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, Cole sliced cross up, talking about you've got so much hype, you've got the music, you've got the entrance, to the lights. He's like, the only hype I need is when the bell rings. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't see that. that was great. Um, so yeah, that that part was uh, definitely a standout. Um, a good, good. Do you, good tag do you match. believe?
0: Do you believe that Ember Moon can beat Raquel Gonzalez? Because no, I, I don't. I don't.
3: I don't. Yeah, that one seems a little bit out of nowhere to me. Um, so not well, feeling they, that they either. beat
0: up Shotzi last week, and then Dakota got beat up Ember yeah, Moon this yeah. week. So like, story's great
3: again, but it's it's just I don't I don't I don't believe it. Don't see it yet. No, no. So it, it was good overall. Nothing else really. I mean the the. Main event tag match of MSK and the Legato Del Fantasma. Fun tag match. I mean, you talk about companies and their tag teams. Like, no question, AEW is number one. And we're going to talk t- more tag teams in a bit. But NXT is a pretty deep roster, too, between, like, those teams. And um, you got Ciampa Ch- Ch- and um, what's his face? Yeah, Thatcher. Thatcher. You got The, the Way. The way grizzled young veterans, um, even brizango yeah, Brizango's in there. Um, Drake and Killian Dane, so they got a pretty good roster too. So good stuff for there for the main event.
2: Uh, one thing with the main event, and I and I didn't know who else was watching NXT, but there's a point where I don't remember which one from uh, Legado Del Fantasma, like, uh, did like maybe an insuguri kick or something, and he and he yeah. did not make contact. And the one uh, MSK guy, uh, I, I don't know both. I don't know people, who's who on that uh, one either. The darker skin, aer- aerobatic mm-hmm. guy who does amazing things in the ring. It was literally like a good foot and the camera didn't go away. And you see him yeah. like throw himself like a, <laughs> like a fish jumping out of water, like through the ropes. And I was just like. Up, I put a little clip on and I sent it to Brian. I was like, Botchamania moment. Like, it it looked so good because he was just like standing up. (laughs) He just flew. But uh, that that match was good. There was a tag team match uh, that happened previous week on SmackDown that was way better, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And I think SmackDown was the highlight for the week. I'm not going to like, I love the, the AEW pay per view, but like for TV, that SmackDown starting with the Usos and the Street Profits. unfucking believable And, you know, it's – I'm glad the Usos are back, you know, as a team. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I hope – like, you know it's going to be Jimmy versus Jay at some point. But I right. hope that they don't break up. Like, I hope they just do it. They're, they're brothers. I don't have any brothers, but if I did, I'm sure we would fist fight at some point, uh, just not on national television. Uh, Kevin or uh, Joe, what did you think of SmackDown?
1: Uh, well, I was uh, thinking about it earlier. It seems like we always focus on Raw. It's yep. the flagship show, but Raw is so bad. I want to actually stop talking about Raw and focus more on SmackDown. Because like Stephen Bryan going in Raw? Yeah, I think we should re-talk. do the same thing. Until Raw shows <laughs> us it's worth talking about, I think Raw needs to be banned for a while and we need to focus on the true main roster uh, that is SmackDown. The I, i'm not even saying main event it was the first match and it, before the match even started street profits and the usos their promo was amazing i love the street profits going back to the history of the usos career yeah to, it was you, fun. i came out with face paint you were going like dah, 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 ah.
3: and then you did the talking,
1: haka the haka yes it was i i loved it and then you got Seth with his amazing suits as always. That's enter- that's Seth's suits are more uh, entertaining than any person on the Raw roster right now. I was a little bit bummed that his promo wasn't that great. That he was kind of playing it silly, but at least it keeps Cesaro in the uh, semi-main event picture. I, leave I some, know, leave, this- leave
0: some, leave some for Kevin.
1: Okay, I'll leave something. <laughs> so uh, yes, the the tag match was and, and it lasted what was it thirty minutes? Almost, it, yeah. It, yeah. It flew, it flew by. Didn't it feel like it dragged. And the true test was I never checked my
2: phone. Wow, that okay. is a test. yeah. And right, I went Kevin. back and rewatched that tag match too. Wow, it was, okay. it was it was so good. And and Joe hit the point with Seth. Seth blaming Cesaro, blaming the fans. Seth will be in that title hunt. He has to if he's gonna if he's gonna take it from Raw uh, or from Roman. Don't know, but that program between those two guys will be very very good just with their history. But that the rest of the show, you know, uh, um, the tag event was okay. Uh, Apollo, you know, everything else was good. Way better than most of the stuff on Raw. But man, that that first tag match—just some of the stuff Ford can do in the ring, like jump what ten feet from the turnbuckle and do <laughs> just fly. It's just like, please don't die, please yeah, don't die because I want to see you keep doing this stuff. Like the Street Profits and the Usos, that chemistry was like the Usos a new day from a couple years ago. Those guys yeah. just play off each other. The matches are so good. And I want to keep seeing them go against each other. So uh, hopefully it's, it's something that keeps going and those matches keep, keep getting better and better. And one, the, actually,
0: the capital T-H-E highlight for Brian this week, Natty and Tamina got merch at WWE <laughs> Shop. You can <laughs> pick up their, their shirt. Um, I don't know what it, it, it's got a saying on it, but it's Tamina's first shirt. And with all this tag team talk, uh, that leads into this week's five count. That wrestling podcast presents the five count. One, two, three, four, five. That's right. The weekly countdown, but that wrestling podcast five count. So um, somebody asked why I'm wearing sunglasses. That's Joe's thing. Yeah, it is Joe's thing. He's hiding out. Um, I just, haven't slept much this week and i look like i'm hung over my eyes are so red so uh that's why i'm wearing sunglasses this week it is the five count where we talk about our five favorite things each week we pick a topic and because of all this kick-ass tag team stuff that happened this week it is our five count, five favorite tag teams of all time brian uh you've gone last on a few things lately so we will let you go
3: first oh well 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 thank you kind sir you're welcome okay My number five, and boy, there's so many great tag teams. Uh, And the the one thing I think that put this tag team over the top for me was, I remember I had from a wrestling magazine, I cut out their picture and I put it on the wall in my bedroom. That's how much I like these guys as as kids. The Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. I mean, they were just, they're larger than life. They come out with the face paint, the spike, the, the promos were so great. You know, tribute to Hawk. Well right? You got to throw that out there. They're just so, so, um, they were so dominant. They they did it everywhere. They went NWA, WCW, AWA, WWE. You know, I I have to put them on there. They're just so great. Number five, Legion of Duke. Number four is the eliminators from ECW, Perry Saturn and John Cronus. Those were one of the first guys I saw when I discovered ECW that made me take notice along with, I think, you know, Sabu and, and, RVD and Taz, that when I saw these guys wrestle, I went, holy shit, this is great. Their finisher, total elimination. I'll put up there with anybody. With One guy doing the, the low sweep kick, the other guy doing the high spin kick. It looked like you're de- decapitating guys. Um, they, their run, I wish it would have stayed longer, but uh, Perry, uh, Saturn left for WCW. Uh, John Cronus, rest in peace. They're my number four. My number three. Edge and Christian. Uh Edge and Christian from the brood days. And then when they kind of got out of that. And then what I liked about them was they could do it all because they could be in the TLC matches and they could do the hardcore stuff. But they were hilarious. They were just those goofy guys that they would play off each other and you know do things with Kurt Angle, like, yeah, milk rules, you know, and the kazoos, all that stuff. So that's why they're just they're so versatile, even though. They've had so much more single success after they've split up, but I can't ignore the run that they had. They're they're absolutely cemented their place in history. My number 2 is the Dudleys. Uh, another one just the ECW and man guys, those ECW house shows, Bubba and Devon would cut legitimate 10 to 15 minute <laughs> promos for the crowd where they just nearly caused riots every single time calling people's mother crack whores all these just things that you could not say today and they were great 3d 3d is an amazing finisher that you could do on anyone you lift them up and bubba brings them down incredible um those guys are they're hall of famers for a reason they're my number two uh, oh, by the way, shout out to some of the other Dudley. Spike Dudley's awesome. Big Dick Dudley, rest in peace, <laughs> just for the name. Uh, Joel Gertner, my personal favorite. Well, well, well. Was um, Gertner
0: a uh, Dudley? Like, is that his well, last- he,
3: he was like a manager of the Dudley, so I'm, I'm, I'm grouping them in there. There's also okay. Sign Guy Dudley, but yeah, he was, he was part of the act. Uh, at my number one, Hall and Nash, The Outsiders. Um, You know, they, they're ones you don't th- – I didn't think of them right away. But when I dug a little deeper in my research, they're the ones that when they came into WCW and the NWO and they took on Harlem Heat and the Steiners and the Nasty Boys and whoever was in their way in WCW, they were just so good. They worked well as a team, and they were just the coolest guys. They're still the coolest guys, even with their gray hair and everything, man. I just love watching them work um, just – They they captivated me from when they became uh, the outsiders in the NWO. They're my number one. Great
0: five. Uh, I'll go next. And my number five, you may remember them. You may not. As a kid, I loved watching these guys because they'd always lose. And I would just laugh. And then they won. Oh, and 180 was their record. And then they won. They beat the Gladiators. I'm talking about none other than Randy and Bill Mulkey. The NWA jobber <laughs> tag team. They had tan tights, blonde hair was maybe like 115 pounds. They'd get their ass beat every week, but then they finally got that W. So they're uh, my number five. Like I said, not because of like accomplishments, but as a kid, I just would always remember because they were on every week and they'd get killed every week. And uh, like the definition of the word uh, jobber slash enhancement talent number four uh we don't really talk a lot about ring of honor on this show and uh number four mark and jay briscoe now these guys imagine the godwins as ass kickers like serious ass kickers and that's who uh the briscoes are sandy fork uh north dakota i think is where they're from or south dakota i don't know uh but they um chicken farmers I believe is the backstory and these guys have uh they've won the ring of honor tag titles a bunch of times they've uh went and done some single stuff including a match I got to see live and I can't believe I forgot I left this off our list of uh live matches it was Mark versus Jay Briscoe in the sea of honor tournament it was the first Chris Jericho cruise when they partnered up with ring of honor before AEW was a thing these guys beat the shit out of each other and then you know hug and have a beer afterwards it's all in competition so mark and jay briscoe number three for me number f- uh or number four for me and then number three for me is the natural disasters earthquake and typhoon you know i have the I, I wear the shirts from time to time and you know jimmy hart the way they got together in 91 was jimmy hart said he signed andre the giant and he was going to be partnered up with the earthquake well andre's like no 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 and then uh, Typhoon came, and they beat the shit out of Andre, and then it led to there. Um, you know, John Tenta, Fred Ottman. Uh, like I said, I, when, whenever Pro Wrestling Peace has a sale, I'll usually buy something. I have a Shockmaster shirt in the closet. Ahmed just had some Natural Disaster shirts. So uh, they are my number three tag team. Number two, um, we are going to do a music episode in the near future. I will say the greatest entrance theme of all time, demolition. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, road, maybe road warrior ripoffs, depending who you talk to. Yep. And this is Axe and Smash, not Crush. Like, no. <laughs> Axe and Smash, original OG yeah. demolition, yeah. Uh, are number two. And the number one for me, um, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Now, four horsemen in NWA. Uh, the Brainbusters when they came to WWF partnered up with Bobby the Brain, he was one of the greatest managers of all time. Um, they, I mean, you know what they can do. They were real life ass kickers, and they said with the Horsemen they played their roles. And 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 you know, for me, four Horsemen are the top faction of all time. But uh, Tali and Arn, my favorite tag team, and that is my five count for this week. Kevin, you can go next. I'm gonna. Uh,
2: uh, Don't say six. I haven't been last in a very long time. So I think I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to tag. And allow allow him. He's reaching for you. I heard it. I heard it. It's the hot
0: tag. It's the (sighs) hot tag.
1: All right. Thank you, Kevin. I'm gonna have to go with uh, obviously number five is Nia and Shane. No way, I'm <laughs> saying those two. Not gonna happen. Number five. Forgot- B- it, it's shockingly how much we forget that they were they were a tag team because of the singles uh, run. The Steiner Brothers. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Number five, yeah. the Steiner Brothers. Frankensteiner. They were like oh, yeah. big. They were. They were like they mess people up in the ring and it was just a joy to watch so steiner brothers number five number four it's gonna be surprising to some people that i put them up this high but i'm going based on a lot of it I'm going based on championships hall of fame worthy or hall of they're in the hall of fame and great tag team finisher number four the heart foundation Brett sure. and Jim, the Anvil, uh, they were pretty much the tag team of the '80s, in my opinion. I've never, I've never been the biggest Brett Hart guy, but I love the Hart Foundation. Even when they were heels with Jimmy Hart with his annoying megaphone, it was um, and the heart attack. Come on, number three. You're saying, Jason, you said Demolition had the greatest tag team entrance music. I got no, say, just this- greatest
0: entrance music of all time.
1: I got to say this team has better entrance music and that's yes, yes, yes. No, no. Harlem heat at number three. Oh. When they come out, the crowd just is like, and yeah, look there. You can't help. You are the whitest that. guys I've ever seen on Zoom right. in my life. <laughs>
0: Shut a- up, man. <gasps> Harlem <laughs> Heat's
3: theme music is fire. It slaps. It, it slaps. <laughs> it <is. It's- laughs>
1: Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray. And the greatest thing about them, I said the great finishers. Each one of them had their own singles finisher, but they did it well as a tag team enough. And then they had the Harlem Hangover, the The missile drop kick, uh, the uh, spin kick, the scissors, the power slam. They did it all. Harlem Heat, definitely number three. Number two, weather their heels. (laughs) Hold on. Shout out
3: to Sister Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) I, Let's love not sister I love this, the fact that the third member of Harlem. The, I love,
1: I love the fact that in Booker T's A uh, and E biography, they got their uh, basically ring outfits designed from Brooks and Dunn, like uh, the countryest. <laughs> that's random, yeah. And it's like, oh, we saw this Brooks and Dunn wearing this, and we decided to seal their flame. And then they showed the picture of Brooks and Dunn <laughs> with the same Harlem heat flame, and I'm like, <laughs> that's
3: amazing. I didn't catch I, that.
1: I, yeah, I'm like, I can't. What, like, but I still did the <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> anyway.
1: White numbers <laughs> number two. We're talking about championships, we're talking about Hall of Fame. We're talking about, I'd say, the greatest tag team finisher of all time. We're talking about the Dudley Boys. Dudley Boys, number two. I don't really need to say anything for this that Brian didn't already say. And right. Number one, I'm wearing the shirt, entertainment value, Edge and Christian. And the thing that put them over the top for me out of all the time they've been entertained, not just the five-second poses. The fact that they actually tried to be Los Conquistadores is what really <laughs> put me over. I love yeah. that they were uno and dos. Uno and dos. <laughs> <And, laughs> right. like, the, the gazoo for yeah. uh, playing Edge's theme on his birthday. You think you know me. <clears throat> you think you know me. Yeah. But they were also so good in the ring, and their finisher, it's illegal. It's a concerto. So... Number one, as in Christian, Kevin, thank that, you for the tag.
2: Right. To, to be honest, you guys all had great lists. It's great because I'm going to steal a lot of all of them. And that's the best thing. Number five, Jay, I agree. It wasn't your number five. I think it was your number three. My number five, natural disasters. And this is why. Growing up, I had uh, a lot, dozens of the uh, the. Hasbro plastic wrestling figures. One one birthday, I can't remember if it was birthday or Christmas. I was like, Mom, I really want Hulk Hogan. She got me Hulk Hogan. I'm like, Mom, I really want Ultimate Warrior. Got me Ultimate Warrior, and she got me two fat dudes that I that I knew who they were, and I'm just like, okay. And then with what, with playing with them, I started becoming fans, you know, of, of Earthquake and Typhoon. So and I, and those guys just always moved in the ring so good for being so. I, I don't even want to say fat because they were husky and big. Yes, they were overweight, but seriously, John Tenta and uh, uh and, but and yeah, and oh gosh, Shockmaster, yeah, yeah, uh, But they just moved so fluidly in that ring, like they were. Uh, like my recollection is, as, as a young fan, like I didn't really see many big guys be able to move that that great. Number four. Uh, Brian, you mentioned Legion of doom, everybody growing up wanted to wear the shoulder pads with the spikes, everyone always, you know, uh, uh tried to sound like them. I would probably try to uh, do their moves and probably hurt myself. Um, but everybody, everybody growing up, no new and, uh, uh, just how tough they were. Um, and you know, one of the best managers of all time, uh, as well. Number three outsiders. So good individually. And when, when they, when they teamed up in WCW, it was just, it wasn't that it was fun. It was just, it was very cool to watch because you know, those guys were just having so much fun. Uh, I was a big razor Ramon fan, bit more razor than diesel in WWF. And then when it got to WCW, I was like, okay, I, I still like Scott Hall, but that's when I started becoming more of a Kevin Nash fan uh, during the outsider stuff, just great overall stuff from both. Because his
3: name guys. changed from diesel to Kevin? Is that yeah. right? I, I'm no, not, I,
2: that's what it is. It's the name. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of partial, but my, the number, the number uh, two and number one, I started watching these guys in tag teams and, and, and lo and behold, when they separated into singles careers, they became two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Number two, Edge and Christian. So hilarious. So funny. Uh, both so talented in the ring. I was always an Edge guy over Christian, but uh, or, or enjoyed watching Edge more. But just both those guys together, it's just, it is so incredible. And Max Caster from AEW, that was one of the things I watched uh, on the replay when, I can't remember what it was, but he was like, Ramp. you were
0: once cool christian but that's when you had an edge yeah only was- when you had an edge
2: you're <laughs> it was, it was so that's good great but like they're still going great like edge hasn't been seen for a little bit but uh it looks great you know christian flourishing in aew will they meet up again later in life and probably still kick by as a tag team probably number one uh the anvil and bret hart how our heart foundation. Uh, it was what got me liking Bret Hart as, as you know, seven, eight year old uh, and just watching him being a good guy, be a bad guy, you know, uh, see Jim the Anvil doing his evil laugh with his damn long ass go <laughs> that he's playing with. And I'm going to find my Coliseum home video and figure out where this battle Royal was. At. But I remember uh, Andre, Andre, Bret Hart and I think Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil actually came out in Baby Blue. That was
0: WrestleMania 2. Okay, WrestleMania yeah.
2: 2. Uh, and, and I think Refrigerator Perry was in yeah. that. Oh, WrestleMania uh, yeah. 2. WrestleMania mm-hmm. 2. Uh, <clears throat> came out in the blue uh, uh, singles. And yeah, The Heart Attack, so good. Uh, and that's what just kind of pushed me to, you know, to. Really get into Bret Hart uh, is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time was because of the Hart Foundation. So that's my, my five to one.
0: That would be your five count. That's all of our five counts. Announcer, say your thing. Who made your five count? Let us know on social media using the hashtag TWP five count. So normally at this time, it would be promo mania. You heard at the top of the show. I was supposed to do a promo about man buns. Now, uh, life took over this week, and I am not prepared. So I am the peckerhead of the week. Um, I feel like that should just become something. You know, peckerhead of the week. We can get a catchy theme song, uh, get a T-shirt made, you know, put it on our whatamaneuver.net store. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I got the theme
3: song ready already. What are you packing? What are you packing? (laughs) What are you packing? peckerhead?
2: <laughs> at the end, it would just be Undertaker coming in. Peckerhead.
1: <laughs> yeah, <there were> <laughs> That's it. So we can't no, have it's... the t shirt. We need Lucy Boot and Tights shirt first. <laughs> <laughs> then.
0: Yeah, we do need a Lucy Boot and Tights shirt. That's actually a good idea. So uh, we'll get creative on that. <laughs> that. Packing. Uh, don't Funny forget to peck. follow the show. <laughs> uh, social media at that wrestle pod. YouTube. Uh, search that wrestling podcast. You can check out all the video versions of the shows, the TWP extras, the promo manias, and the first episode of Bruise next. So uh, for Kevin, Joe, Brian, I'm Jason. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week on that wrestling podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow that wrestle pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. One, two, three. That's it.